In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Still interested, shaken, not stirred. A special sub podcast of our TV and film reboot remake podcast where we talk only about cool James Bond films. <laughs> I am, as always, your 008 boy, Ben McAllister. And I'm your CAA correspondent, Jackson Newsid. Oh, dude, that's very good. See, yeah, I went 008 man. because I wanted to distance myself from 007. Yeah, I think as we all should. I think. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's just, look, let's address this up top. I feel like it wasn't, like, maybe I'm not remembering it, but I feel like when we did Dr. No, it wasn't anywhere near as bad. No, <laughs> like, like, there was certainly... changed. Yeah, something something has happened between like from Russia with Love and like this yeah. film because like good god this guy yeah the the, the difference yeah. like in Doctor No sort of thing you're kind of like okay he's like obviously very sexually charged but, you know he's he's getting his job done whereas in this film it's just kind of like wow he's just like genuinely hates women like that's just it's, his it's, his whole thing it's got to have just been like. An audience response thing, right? And like the, the you know, they, yeah. they made the first movie, and then like the elements of the movies that like people started to like respond to and like resonate with, and then like writing the other ones that it's like, all right, so double down on the misogyny. Yeah, and <laughs> it's just like and then love uh, it. cut and print. That's the movie. Yeah, exactly. We are of course talking about Goldfinger, the 1964 uh, James Bond film directed by Guy Hamilton. Um, so Guy we're actually Hamilton, yeah, still in the Connery Bond. Yeah, yeah, um, so, so is Sean Connery, and uh, skipping ahead a, uh, to Goldfinger, because um, we're not going to do more chronologically, we, we might dip back, but uh, we, yeah. so, we sort of want to uh, get to the big I mean, hits. I don't think we're going to dip back, we've only missed one, right? Like, we're not going yeah. to do, like, all the movies, considering we put these out, like, one every two franchises, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd be here for the rest of our lives. But Benjamin, <laughs> may, maybe that's the way it goes, them. maybe that's the way it shakes yeah. out, like, eventually we're like, maybe. this is the only thing that makes us any money anymore, so... Me- Maybe we spend so long doing it that we end up in the conversation for the next James Bond, but both of us. Oh, dude. James and Bond? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like yes. a fucking, like, Christopher Nolan, like, the prestige sort of thing. <laughs> dude, that would be so good. Yeah, and we're, we're both called 003.5. Oh, and God. <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we both have James huge, in, like, inferiority complexes about it, that's, and that sort of thing. Like, they hired us as a pair, and we had to, like, split salary and that sort of thing. Yeah, and also they do that fun camera trick, like they did in uh, Doctor No, but to make us look smaller rather than bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just these little boys rolling around doing all this Bond stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely think they should like actually use child actors, but just like Photoshop our faces on. And so we like, these yeah. two, these two boy detectives that are just like also have a license to kill. So the opposite of what they did in Look Who's Talking Now. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Man, you know how important that film is to me and my upbringing. Uh, and, and so I'm really glad that you shouted it out now and we can actually really dip into that. Oh, what a film. <laughs> uh, yes, so, just figure we should like, dress up top, like, R.E., R.E., like, the fucking, like, Bond hectic misogyny, like, should we just, like, rather than addressing it every time it comes up in the movie, because that is, like, all we would do, I just want to shout out, like, it's awful, it's terrible, like, yeah. it, it, it just should not be a thing, I don't think we should, like, keep dipping back into the well for two reasons. One, it'll occupy the entire podcast, and two, it's like bummeroo. Oh, so- totally, such a bummeroo. There is probably one section where I think we probably need to, like, very quickly talk about because to gloss over would be irresponsible. But other than yeah, that, no. I, I, I think we'll do uh, do as much streamlining as we can because it, yeah. it's a whole other podcast for us to actually we'll go break into down truly gross, the truly yes. gross and terrible parts. But like sort of general undercurrent that is pervasive in the movie. <laughs> it's, we're yeah, it just takes too long. This is like a sub to our podcast. You know what I mean? We just don't have time. I feel like we've been hitting. A lot of MGM recently. That is my Dude. first note. Is like this movie started up. We had that MGM lion, and I'm like, man, lots of MGM. I was waiting for Sam Jackson to come in with his little like. Is RoboCop the other MGM? The- yeah, yeah, dude. I, I know what RoboCop was, but what other ones were MGM? Because I feel like I've seen that lion a lot in the recent times. The next thing that I've got is that iconic Bond intro mm-hmm. with the like gun and the. This one is such an improvement on the one from Doctor yeah. Who. Like this is the classic one. That, like that you, you you get the the shot and then like you get, so you get like Bond walking in. You get the turn, the shot, the blood dripping down, the, like the wavy camera, and that's it. It is night and day. Yeah, <laughs> where the, the Doctor no. One when they were real, it was really free form, and they were just like feeling their way out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And it looked like like the jerkiest, stupidest yes. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now uh, we're straight in. And I'm originally like, oh man, this is going a lot faster than the last one, which started with three blind mice. <laughs> really weird, like walking through fucking Kingston, Jamaica yeah. sequence. But we're straight into Bond emerging from a harbor disguised under a seagull. <laughs> Man, this Which, is a weird fucking disguise. And particularly oh. off the back of what we were talking about in Dr. Noah about being like, this is a sort of Bond that's not super into gadgets. And in this yeah. film, they fucking oh, throw yeah. that out the window. Yeah, dude. Like, this film for me is way Bondier than Dr. No. Like, no question. Totally. Like, from fucking from the jump to the end. It, it's one of it's probably one of the Bondiest Bond films. Like, Definitely. some of the shit is just so silly. Uh, case in point, he's, like, moving into a harbour, he's, like, snorkelling up into this secret base, and he's just got a seagull on his head to be yep. a disguise. Why can't he just swim a little lower? Uh, like, I what know. disguise does the seagull actually offer, other than drawing attention to his location in the water? That's literally all it does! Yeah, it's, it's like, a really foolish choice from Q. I, I'm not sure what happened that day. Um, yeah, I wonder if that was just, like, Bond's idea. Like, you yeah, never did. <laughs> Bond was like, I'm going to hide under the seagull. So he's, he's infiltrating somewhere. We don't know what it is. He, like, sneaks past some guards and into, like, some kind of silo. He's using, like, a grapple gun and, like, gets into this silo, opens, like, a secret passage and gets inside. And it's just kind of like a cool studio apartment. Yeah, it's it's super weird because this is not addressed, like, what he's doing here or no. anything. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like a cool apartment with, like, super 60s decor. He walks over to some cases of nitromethane yeah. and starts, what, blowing them up, I guess. Yeah, he like, put an explosive just... goo on the nitro... Um, and then, uh, basically, like, bails out of there. There was no real, like, 
uh, conflict or anything. He, like, shimmies out of his wetsuit into a fresh tux. Uh, I believe that's a dry suit, Jackson. Because oh, he's got the tux underneath it. Of course. And he strips that boy of course, off and of he's course. like, Bana, bana. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're always in a sweet, fresh tux. And he, like, walks yeah. into, I guess, it's kind of like a, a bar or like a... A um, party, man. Yeah. But the most lackluster dance party you've ever yeah. seen. There's a random lady shimmying. Just um, doing the most lackluster dancing, man. Basically, like, Bond looks at his watch as he lights a cigarette. Uh, the fucking silo detonates. Everyone freaks out. He walks over to this random dude who we never see again. Like, the guy's like, ah, oh, so it's done. And Bond's like, at least he won't be... Sorry. At least he won't be using heroin-flavored bananas to finance revolutions. <laughs> yeah, and I know, so Heroin-flavored ben- bananas <laughs> is my first title fish. Dude, yeah, Benjamin, I think this should be uh, Shaken Not Stirred Part 2, Heroin-flavored bananas. Because I think yeah. that is just... So absurd. I'm... Because we never saw any of the bananas or any no, of the heroin. No. And it was just like, yeah, that's is... what that was. And I was like, what do you mean? This is something I think that comes back in some of the later movies where there is like a pre-movie Bond yes. thing. It's just like to be like, oh, he does other stuff other than what we show you in these movies. Like this was just some miscellaneous Bond mission where he yes. had to go blow up a bunch of heroin flavored bananas. <laughs> he goes to the shimmying lady's uh, room where she's taking a bath. He just sort of walks in and is like, mm, yeah, let's continue. And he gets ambushed. A couple of fun things happen right before the ambush. She's like, why do you wear that gun all the time? And he's like, I have an infer- complex. <laughs> Which, Which like, at, at least he gets it, right? Like, that, that's yeah, something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, it's meant to be ironic, but it's not. <laughs> and, then, and then, this dude is, like, so he's standing there with the lady and looking into her eyes, and this guy starts sneaking oh, up behind man. Bond, and he sees the guy who's sneaking up on him in the reflection of her eyes. It's pretty he, fucking goofy. He grabs the dude from behind, and, like, judo flips him, like, onto the ground, and I gotta say, dude, style rating A for the judo flip style rating now, B for the rest of the fight yeah now Benjamin <laughs> I'm gonna have to take a few points off because he uses this poor lady as a fucking human shield like he <laughs> waited until the exact moment when the dude was about to strike and then was like ah swap reverse he, he had time to like spin around and engage the dude yeah exactly fucking man do you think like if Bond was like like if the Sean Connery Bond was Bond today like he would just be like the biggest like Nice guy, fucking men's rights activist. I don't think he'd like, be a nice guy, dude. He'd be like the fucking like Return of Kings, that like Rushi yeah. sort of motherfucker. Like where he's yeah. like, he he'd be the most red pill dude you could yeah. possibly imagine. So yeah, he he flips this dude. Uh, I thought he was trying to take out the chick as well because she was in on it. And then he has the goofiest fight with this guy, where like he just does uh. a really bad job of fighting him for a while. But he regains some points for the conclusion, which is pretty good. He pushes the guy into the bathtub and throws, like, what is it, like a hair straightener or something? Uh, something It's like a a fan, an electric fan, which he then, like, throws into the bath, electrocuting the dude. And then James is just, like, shocking. (laughs) Yeah, he, he, like, turns to her, looks at her, and is like, very shocking. And then walks out to the fucking theme music. And then we roll into... Uh, Shirley yeah, Bassey's yeah, yeah. rendition of Goldfinger, which is just a so highly hot, 
highly, highly remakeable point of these Bond movies. Just these, like, awesome, like, title cards where it's yeah. just, like, silhouettes of people doing weird dances while, like, a specific theme song for that movie happens. Yeah, so this one has a variety of models in gold body paint and they're, like, projecting images onto their bodies, essentially. It actually yep. looks pretty fresh and is one of the best ones, I would argue. Whilst the visuals are cool and also kind of confronting, yes. the lyrics to this song are uh, just... <laughs> Wow. It was a simpler time, I guess. Literally, like, the lyrics are just like, He loves gold. He only loves gold. He's kind of cold. (laughs) But you know he loves gold. Gold boy loves gold. (laughs) That's it. There's a a bit of a motif there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And also uh, a thing that I feel like we don't get so much in movies these days. And, like, in this, like, title sequence, they're just, like, playing, like, in the background, like, snippets of the film you're about to watch. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just, like, kind of like a teaser for the movie that you're already seeing. Yes. (laughs) So there's, like, Bond, like, fighting dudes in the background of the intro. It's, like, yeah, it's weird. I guess it is a hook. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) We then uh, cut from this into a plane flying a sign in the air, which just reads, Welcome to Miami Beach. And, Benjamin, that's where we are. Yeah, dude, Miami Beach. We get a nice slow zoom in on some fun swimming people in a hotel pool. Uh, That's nice. That's James Bond. He's hanging out with a lady. Felix Leiter's walking through, just taking it all in. His American boyfriend. Yeah. Who, I have to admit, has uh, gotten kind of lazy since Dr. No. But, um... Felix is, like, really shit in this (laughs) film. (laughs) Fucking sucks, dude. But, like, like, listen, he's way less racist, but, like, he's also (laughs) way worse at his job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Felix is like, Bond, I have to talk to you, and yeah. Okay. This one, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll bookend it, but this one, like, <laughs> bo- like Bond just brings up Dink, who is, like, massaging him, and is like, mm-hmm. mm, Dink, meet Felix, Felix, meet Dink. Dink, say goodbye to Felix, and she's like, what? And then he's like, man talk, and then slaps her on the ass, and then sends her on her way. And we never see her again. Never again. And it's just like, really? Is that... Wow, okay, like, in terms of, like, the whole audience response thing, there's, like, when they're yeah. just kind of like, it's so cool how he, like, just disrespects women, like, to their face. I literally like, think that's probably primo. what it was. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just like, oh, he's a man's man. It's the 60s, all this hippie free love shit. What we need is a man's man, yeah. and James Bond is the guy. Yeah, at this point, I, like, I, I toyed with um introducing a new rating system, in addition to, like, style gadget ratings uh, of um just despicable shit. But yeah. I decided that it was it was too bummer. It again uh, yeah, it'd get blue pretty quickly. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, some guy in a hat. Uh, yeah, that's that's before I realized this was Felix Slider. Um, <laughs> so Felix Slider is like, hey, you gotta look into Auric Goldfinger. because uh, Bond's like, hey, why am I here, dude? Why am I in Miami? And he's like, see that guy over there? And we see this like big dude walking over to meet his pigeon, who's a guy he's been playing cards with all week, who he's just been taken for a sucker. Yeah. And like I don't know, Felix doesn't really give him much detail. He's basically like, yeah. oh, this guy, we don't we don't trust him. Figure out what he's up to. Well, that's he's what I mean. Something. And like to be fair, Bond, like Bond is, pr- I, I, it's implied that Bond is just told to like like keep an eye on this guy. But like to yeah. be fair, although Bond does fuck this up like everything in this movie, um, he. It wasn't very clear in terms of what his actual mission was to do. No, here. and the way he decides to go about this unclear mission is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um, before like... we get to that, before we get to that, Benjamin, though, one thing I do want to note is that when like when Felix is like, "I want you to check out this guy, Orica Goldfinger," and Bond just remarks like, "Orica Goldfinger." Sounds like a French nail varnish. And I was like, yeah, Bond, you're not wrong. Like, <laughs> like Orica Goldfinger? Yeah. Like, what a strange name for a human being. 
Yeah, and it's funny because like that's like Bond like making fun of a character name like written by the writers who also wrote the character name Orrit Goldfinger. Yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah. They can't, like, that's like that's pretty lazy. Like they really like set themselves up like a fucking. I reckon it. Easy I reckon it came out of like there. a competition between two writers in the writers' room, where like one yeah. of them wrote Orrit Goldfinger and the other one was like, "Get a load of this guy." <laughs> So fucking now we get to see Goldfinger playing cards with this other random dude. Uh, Goldfinger's like, "So you ready to play?" And the guy who's playing cards with is like, "When you're ten grand in the hole, you're ready for anything." And for me, I gotta say at this point, man, LVP to this guy playing cards against what a Goldfinger. Fucking sucker, that dude. is so silly, dude. He's the biggest sucker. He's been playing cards with Goldfinger all week. He's ten grand in the hole, and he's like, "You know what I'm gonna do is keep." Cards with Goldfinger. What a fucking dipshit. Yeah. So they sit down and I guess they're playing gin? They're playing gin. Uh, Bond has now swapped into this very fresh towel suit, which is dude, like... a romper. Uh, like, it's a very he's, good look, dude. Like, He's for wearing sure. a little fucking play suit, man. Yeah. He's so <laughs> silly. Uh, he's, he's walking around the hotel. Yeah, he like manhandles this maid into like opening uh, Goldfinger's room for him. And she's like... He doesn't even really manhandle her that much. Like, I guess he does in the end, but she, she just like... She's just like, oh, okay. He's like, hey, open this door for me. And she's like, what? And he's like, uh, I need to get in there. And she's like, yeah. that's Mr. Goldfinger's room. And he's like, I know. And then he just goes in there. Just want to quickly point out, though, also, I know I'd escape one. LVP to that maid. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure, yeah. like, she kind of got, like, pushed over the door and, like, her key used by Bond. But she proceeds to not do anything. Like, she doesn't go tell security. This guy just broke into one of our guests' rooms. <laughs> she's just like, huh, weird. And goes on with her business. Um, we, we get an interaction here between Jill Masters, uh, who is just, like, chilling on this sunbed, like, sunbathing, while she is spying on the pigeon's cards. Essentially, Auric is cheating, uh, and just, yep. like, running, like, some money out of this guy. Even though Auric is, like, fucking, like, he's, like, this dude is loaded. He's, like, uh, yep. like, has, like, $20 million worth of, like, gold bullion, we find out, like, down the track. In 1964. But, yeah. But, but where this guy just likes winning so much and likes cheating to do it that he's just kind of like, yeah, I'll take this guy for a ride. At this point, card games themselves have to be a point of remakeability yeah, for this franchise yeah. because everyone is playing cards all the fucking time. Jill turns to uh, Bond and and just says, "Who are you?" To which he replies, "Bond, James Bond." And we're right back in with that cue music every time he says Bond, James Bond. We're back in there. And then Bond proceeds to just prank Goldfinger. Like, you were tasked with keeping an eye on Goldfinger, and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Is blackmail Goldfinger into losing this gambling that he's doing. So, like, he picks up the little radio that, like, fucking Jill has been using to tell him about his pigeon's cards. And, like, she's like, he's, he's like, hello, Goldfinger. Oh, what would the police think if they knew you were cheating at cards? And he's like, <laughs> oh, no. And then he's like, you got to give him back all his money and then five grand on top of that. Which is, like, terrible for Pigeon, who's obviously a problem gambler who believes that he should just like stay fighting when he's in debt and then he does that yeah. and he's like hell yeah i'm a five grand now like i was right and at this point I, I was thinking like is this it like is this over like what was his job at this point i'm just like what the fuck like why is this in the movie yeah like he's, he's like keep an eye on goldfinger and then we get this weird 10 minute bit where he just like blackmails him into losing a game of cards and it's just it's so it's weird so dumb uh jill also says here uh turning to bond i'm starting to like you more than anyone i've met in a while to which i have to say 
this poor girl needs Why? to get out more. Yeah, like, she's hung exactly. out for five minutes and he's been like, I don't give a fuck about it. What are the rules? What am I doing? And she's like, wow, this is like a very cool guy for sure. We can definitely bring the count of women on screen who have wanted to have sex with James Bond up to four out of five. Mm-hmm. And the remaining one of those five was the maid who was just awful. Now, James Bond is having sex with Jill Masterson. Yep. And wow, that food looks atrocious. Like, we get like a, a quick pan across some like rooms because she's like, how about we go for dinner? And he's like, I know the best restaurant in town. And he clearly was talking about the atrocious room service at this hotel (laughs) because that food looks gross. And at the end of it, I think, like, one of them says, like, I'm satisfied, and the other one says, that makes two of us. I can't remember which one was which. I assume the one who said the gross thing was Bond. We get Bond reaching over to grab the bottle of uh, Dom Perignon 53, which has lost its chill. (sighs) Uh, so he goes up to get another bottle because it's not worth drinking. What does now, he say here? He, he's like, he says something here. He's like, oh, it's a sin to drink this Dom Perignon 53 at anything above 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Which, by the way, fucking, well, actually, James Bond, you've just stumbled into my first mighty goof for this movie. <laughs> because whilst Bond claims that the champagne should be drunk at 38 Fahrenheit, this is 3.3 centigrade and barely above freezing. Most wine experts recommend 7 to 9 Celsius, which is 40 43 to 48 Fahrenheit. So maybe, Bond, you don't know as much shit as you think you do. Bond gets on the fucking lectern about liquor, like, a fair bit in this movie. I know. He's being like, "Mm, "Mm, I know all this stuff about drinking because I'm a problem alcoholic. And it's like, dude, just don't. Just just get help. He's the biggest tool. Because he's he's wrong about this as well, which is inexcusable. (laughs) (laughs) Then So he goes over to the fridge to get some more of the fucking, what he calls passion juice, (laughs) which is just so gross. Like, he goes to the fridge and he's like, Oh, where is this passion juice? And oh, at this point, I was like, God. why is Bond so fucking gross, this movie? Jill is literally like, why do we need more wine? Like, what, what, what's it for? Yeah. Like, we're here, we're eating, we're having sex, what do you need the wine for? And he's like, well, I've got a problem, help. Like, it's, <laughs> it's terrible. No, I, don't like to, I don't like to say need, but... <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bond gets knocked out from behind while he's digging around for more passion juice. Yeah, I gotta say, dude, style rating zero for Bond here, because it is so bad. Yeah, I nearly had Passion Juice as a title pitch, but I hate it a lot, so it's not. it's so bad. Um, Yeah, so basically we see this, like, this gigantic silhouette, then Bond is, like, judo-chopped in one go, and then when he finally comes to, and I have to say, Benjamin, that bottle of uh, Tom Perignon has probably gone above his desired 38 degrees Fahrenheit, so another tragedy, Um, Jill has been killed by being painted with gold paint, suffering skin <sighs> suffocation, uh, and is dead now. That's it. That's that's yep. Jill's role in the film. Exactly. Now, I will say, that's a pretty inventive assassination technique, <laughs> which was one of our points of predictability. Yeah, probably, <laughs> so probably not the most covert, having to like bring a team of painters in and that sort of thing. But like, yeah, yeah sure. But it is also so weird, right? Because it's part yeah. of this like idea that like, Goldfinger's obsessed with gold, so he kills people by painting them in gold. This doesn't ha- come back. Like, this is no. not, like, a recurring element of the film where he, like, likes to turn things into gold. He's just, like, a gold mogul. It, yeah. This was weird to me. Like, this, like I was watching this and I was like, okay, he's gonna be, like, a weird, weird villain who does all kinds of weird, goofy shit. Not really. Anyway. But also, like, it, it, it's not like he has diplomatic immunity or anything. Like, no one can yeah. pin anything on him sort of thing. But the dude has literally painted a woman in gold in a restaurant in which she was working for him and his name is Auric Goldfinger. Like, what kind of two-bit <laughs> Detective needs anything more than that to be like, I think he might be involved. Like, what is that calling card? 
Oh, Jesus. Uh, also, this is another mighty goof in quick succession. And this is interesting because it's something that, like, I don't know, do you remember, like, there was this, like, you know, rumor kicking around for decades that was, like, the actress who played Jill Mastertonson actually died because the gold actually suffocated her in real life. So she's actually dead in that. Which is, of course, not true. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> because this mighty goof, the idea that all over gold paint would suffocate someone is something Ian Fleming made up. That's well. I was gonna actually ask you about that, Benjamin, because it's like basically like when he. So we like sort of cut from this after like Bond getting on the phone to Felix and being like, "Felix, the girl's dead and she's covered in paint." Dot dot dot. And Felix is like, "Another one, Bond. Another one." <laughs> How does it keep happening? He obviously went on a yeah. fucking rampage between films. But um, yeah, this kind of skin <laughs> skin suffocation, which like we jump to um Bond in a conversation with conversation with M, and he's basically just kind of like skin suffo- suffocation. They do it in the arts, you know, but like they leave a little. A little space at the spine so the skin can breathe, and I was like, "That is fucking wild!" If that is how the Not human body works, like, yeah. like it's like, oh, Just, all yeah, the gold base. I leave a little like nickel piece like at the base of the spine, yeah, so I gotta breathe. breathe through my spine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking mental, dude. Fuck you, Ian yeah. Fleming. Bond gets a very fair dressing down from M. Where M yeah. is like, "What the fuck, dude? Like, literally, why did you do any of that shit? You were tasked keeping an eye on this guy. You robbed him. Now there's a dead chick. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Basically, like, being like, I'm gonna, re- I'm gonna replace you, 008, unless you can prove to me that you're actually gonna do your job rather than actively like fucking up. And Bond's like, "Yes, fair, fair." Yeah. He doesn't even really try and defend himself. He's just yeah. kind of like, "Hmm, yep, good." Good point. And then he walks clean out of the office and into Moneypenny's little room. There's some bullshit banter between Moneypenny and Bond, which isn't that important. But importantly, in terms of remakeability, Moneypenny takes his hat and fucking nails the hat shot, dude. Yeah, dude. At least, at, least, at least one character has progressed since Dr. No. Yeah. Definitely style rating B- on the hat toss. Mm. Not because you did a bad job, but because it's not that impressive. stunt. <laughs> 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 I, I maintain there are very high social stakes, Benjamin. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, okay, so we get some nice exposition about gold and how it's good, yeah. and people like to steal it. I guess we're at dinner now, right? Where, where, yeah, where, bon, where Bond's at this stuffy dinning. With, yeah, with this, like, Colonel. Colonel Smithers. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, dude, like a Simpsons thing? Yeah, definitely, dude. Way ahead of it. Um, Bond, <laughs> of course, can't help himself and gets onto a... Uh, uh, a lecture about brandy, essentially, just like sort of like dressing down M about hit. Like M's obviously like I'm a I'm a government official. Like I'm working to save the world. I don't have time to give a shit about the nuances of brandy. And Bond's there yes. being like, mm, me and the Colonel know. Yeah, he takes he takes the opportunity to be a complete tool uh, as per usual. Mm-hmm. And like literally, like can you imagine? Like I guess this is meant to like be more like characterization of Bond being cool, but like. Can you imagine being at a dinner party and somebody does this? Like sniffing the brandy sort of thing and being like, mm, I, I, th- I think there was an issue with the barreling process like 25% of the way through. Like, fuck off, dude. You would just be like, you are the biggest tool. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and basically, so we, yeah, we get the exposition. The whole thing is Bond's supposed to investigate Goldfinger because... Uh, I don't know, it's his, like, vague, like, he's, like, a gold trader, like, he has $20 million of gold bullion, and the government's worried that he's, like, illegally smuggling it or something, because yeah. there's arbitrage potential, like, you can take it to other countries where it's worth more, and blah, blah, blah. I don't know, it's basically some, like, they're worried he's not paying taxes or something, I don't yeah. know, fucking, he's, he's up to something sketchy with his gold, and they're like, go find out what he's doing. Which um, seems a little below Bond's pay grade, yeah. to, be, to be honest. Although, may- maybe, maybe in, in yeah. light of recent events, they were like, you obviously can't handle anything of real importance. 
So we're just going to give you this, like, fucking, like, smuggling thing to yeah. worry about. Also, I want to clarify that they say that Goldfinger got his gold from Nazi hordes, which, yes. like, man, that's pretty awesome. This movie has everything, even Nazi hordes. Yeah, and, and in order to, like, sort of speak to that, like, fucking, like, the colonel's like, here you go, Bond, like, to, to deal with Goldfinger as you wish, and, like, hands him this, like, gold ingot of, like, this Nazi gold, yeah. essentially. And, like, Bond yeah. just looks at it, and I gotta be honest, dude, Bond's got a bit of a Goldfinger thing going on, because, like, the lust in Sean Connery's eyes is more than he displays for any woman the entire film. Exactly, and he also, like, he immediately goes to grab it, and M's like, hey, 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 hey fuck, what, are you trying you to steal take- it? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, you can't take that, you idiot, you gotta pick it up from Q Branch along with yeah. the rest of your gear. So now we're at Q Branch, and there are so many fun gadgets. Man, we've come so far. That we're seeing, like, parking meters that, like, spray poison gas, yeah. which is a weird gadget. We're seeing, like, bulletproof vests and shit, and then Q oh, is taking Bond over to the crowning gadget achievement, his Aston Martin with modifications. Aston Martin Fucking... DB5, dude, with, and like, I've got I've got a list here. Bulletproof windscreen, revolving number plates, uh, radar slash homing device, smoke screen, oil slick, machine guns, ejector seat. This car has fucking everything and looks so yeah. swish. This really is, like, the progenitor of, like, the, like, cool Bond car shit. I feel like the gadget rating in this film really ratchets up a notch. And I gotta say, this whole scene, this whole scene together, gadget rating A+. No question. You have to. And also, like, so good because, like, this is, like, this cue is the cue that, like, stays with us until... I think uh, either die another day or like the world is not enough or something like that. Like it's a it's around yeah, okay. there. Like like this dude is like this is the same actor that is with all these Bond movies now as Q until like one of the Brosnan films, which is like honestly pretty dope that we have this yeah, like this like key feature of the franchise. Yeah. Wow. He like is, he transcends man. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, also gonna say, Q deserves an MVP nom here for just the way he puts up with Bond's just, like, just complete bullshit. Like, can you imagine, like, you're in the workplace, and you're like, okay, I gotta tell this spy all about his gadgets, okay, yeah, here's these things, here's these things, and, like, at every opportunity, this guy's basically like, huh, I could use that for sex. And, like, you're just <laughs> like, come on, dude. Yeah. And he just, like, doesn't put up with it, he doesn't engage in it, and he's just like, Bond, you're a real fuckwit. And I was just like, yeah, somebody is fucking knocking him down a peg, so good good for him. Q deserves an MVP for me. He's, a, he's an audience surrogate, dude, and I really appreciate him for it. Now Goldfinger and Bond just meet. They just meet up, and yeah. they're just playing golf, which is so weird. Long. They're playing like, golf for so long. Yeah, and it is so strange to me. I'm literally like, how did this happen? Like, why? what? Like, he's tasked with, like, keeping around Goldfinger. Next scene, they're playing golf. Yes. Why? How did it eventuate? No why did the writers imagine. think this was a good thing to include? Uh, we do meet Oddjob, though. Yes. Oddjob, who, I have to say, who looks remarkably like that silhouette we saw from uh, from earlier when uh, uh, Bond was judo-chopped. Um, but basically, like, Auric uh, tells Bond, like, oh, this is Oddjob, he's my caddy. He's pretty bad, but I'm uh, I'm training him up, sort of thing. Uh, Bond has this random caddy coming along with him. They sort of talk about, like, a bunch of bullshit, and then Bond just drops a go- the gold Nazi ingot on the green... Right in front of uh, Auric as he's, like, making a shot. Yep, they're playing off for the bar of gold versus its cash value. This golf game, man, it really does go on a while. Basically, yes. like, I don't know, should I, just, should I just fucking sum it up real quick? 
Like, Bond plays a prank on Goldfinger because he, like, he realizes that, like, uh, he uses a Slazenger 7 and he loses his ball, but then Bond finds yeah, it's a, a Slazenger mm-hmm. 1 and swaps it out for the Slazenger 7. And then later, when he finishes the thing and he wins, that is, uh, Goldfinger wins, Bond takes his ball out of the hole and he's like, oh, this is a Slazenger 1. You must have taken the wrong ball somewhere along the way rather than your Slazenger 7. I guess you lose now. And then, yeah, he loses because he totally pranked him. Because, like, Bond is a better cheat than Auric. Like, they're both cheating in this golf game and, like, Bond is just, like, better at it. I also got to say... Bond's caddy, dude, I quite liked. I do. I gave him a fucking MVP. This guy, oh, yeah? fucking loved those golf pranks so much, and just like, like basically like, for example, Oric like loses his ball. Odd job like drops a- another ball and's like, here it is, because they're playing golf rules, and if you can't find your ball after five minutes, you lose the stroke and time or something like, or distance or whatever. Um, and then like Bond's talking to his caddy, and then caddy's like, I suspect that's uh not actually his ball, and Bond's like, yes, I know, I'm standing on it, and the golf caddy's like. <laughs> Oh, you rogue! Like, you yeah, cheeky boy. Yeah. He and just like, loves Bond's golf nonsense. This he's guy, like, oh, you got him good, Mister Bond. Yeah, <laughs> he's just so pure, and he just loves golf-based antics. And for me, that that just made him genuinely uh, a more like enjoyable character than so many people in this movie. Here's another mighty goof for you. After Oddjob finds the golf ball, he hands Auric a one-driver to play out of the long grass. An implausible choice. Not even a professional would try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the point, that he's not a professional, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. And they did say Oddjob's not a good caddy, so I don't actually think that's a goof. Mm. But yeah, basically, Bond pranks him by switching out his ball, so when he finishes, he's like, nah, you used the wrong ball, you fuckwit, I guess I win the game now. And yeah, his caddy just loves it, and Goldfinger's really pissed off. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, dude, nice, got you, haha, pranked. Pranks are always remakeable on this show. And then Goldfinger is just, like, waiting... Sorry, Bond is just waiting by Goldfinger's car just to, like, I don't know, be a dick to him. And, like, Goldfinger walks over to his car, like, in a half, and he's like, you're a clever and resourceful man, Mr. Bond, which is a very silly thing to say. And <laughs> then he's like, but hey, you've already fucked with me twice, so don't fuck with me a third time. And Bond's like, <laughs> or what? And then... And then... Odd job yeah. does a weird thing. He just kind of, like, goes out to a statue and shows off his, like, customary trick where he takes off his hat, which is, like, steel-lined with, like, a razor-sharp blade, essentially, and just, like, nails this statue in the head, decapitating it as, like, a, I guess, like, a show of force. Just to demonstrate that, like, Oddjob's really good at throwing hats and using them to, like, kill stuff, which is, like... It's the weirdest, like, prank to try... Oh, prank. The weirdest, like, attack to try and demonstrate. Surely it'd just be like, we'll shoot you. Like, what is, I just don't understand why Oddjob is this way. Keeping in mind that, like, Bond has an inferiority complex and loves hat tricks, so seeing Oddjob do this is probably oh. actually quite threatening to him. <laughs> threatening to him in a social way. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, we, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Bond is, like, so obsessed with looking cool. <laughs> yeah, To the exactly. point that he will just make shit up about, like, champagne in front of yeah. girls who don't give a fuck. About, like, suffocation and of body paint and, like, brandy. Like, the two just, like, lies yeah. whenever he can. Yeah, and, and then to see, yeah, odd job do this. Like, yeah, it must really fuck him up. So Bond puts a tracking device, one of the ones he got from Q, in Oryx's car so he can track him. He then also hands uh, the correct Slazenger ball uh, that Oryx had to odd job, essentially being like, I cheated better. To which Oddjob just looks him in the eye and crushes the golf ball in his hand. Again, yeah, a really strange show of strength. Like, what is Oddjob's deal? Like, it, it's never explained why he's so powerful. Yeah, it's bizarre, dude. <laughs> it's weird. So they all go to Geneva, and I gotta say, dude, 
You can add, like, sweeping, beautiful landscapes oh, to the remakeability dude. list. I wrote that as well. I just wrote beautiful locale. Like, it's like, he's driving around in his Aston Martin with all these fucking awesome Alps in the background. It's idyllic, man. Mm. Driving around in Geneva. It's very, very good. Bond literally has to stop himself from abandoning the mission to chase some tail. Yeah. Uh, because, like, he sees, like, another woman driving a car and he's like, hmm. Like, he's thinking about, like, doing something about it while he's trying to track down Goldfinger. And then he's like, no, 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 I should stay on the mission. Yes, which is good for you, James. Like, a moment of self-restraint. Basically, here, yeah. Bond, Bond is tracking Auric. At one point, Auric pulls over to grab some peaches or some stone fruit by the roadside. Bond, yeah, some Bond, children. Yeah, Bond pulls over. They're on this, like, winding Alp trail. Yeah, and he's, like, keeping an eye on Auric. And then further up but beyond him, the lady in the Mustang that Bond nearly chased down comes out with a fucking gun and then seemingly takes a shot at James, which, like, causes Auric yeah. to run away and then Bond to, like, freak out. But it was just a really sort of... It was just a really strange setup as his camera was pulling back again and again and, like, these three people were, like, in a straight line down the mountain. Yeah, it's... It is... It was very, yeah, it was a little weird. So basically, like, she misses Bond, he gets in his car, and he drives away, and then, like, later, he's still driving around trying to track Goldfinger and job, and he sees this woman in the car. He decides to just run her off the fucking road because he's a yeah. goddamn lunatic. Yeah. I think he's doing this because he's like, oh, I can try and smash. <laughs> so he, like, pulls up next to her, ejects, like, his fucking, like, tire cutter things, breaks up her tires and also fucks the side of her car completely, runs her off the road into a ditch, and he's like, oh boy, I've never seen a double tire blowout before. I'll drive you to a petrol station. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, fucking just do it already. This lady, uh, Tilly, as she reveals her name is, just does not give a fuck, has like the most can-do no. attitude, and like genuinely, I was like, thank you so much for like coming to the film and being like, can you fucking not, you creep? As like Bond's like, yeah. oh, I'm driving to the garage, maybe to a hotel room, and she's like, no! Yeah, it's true. Like, she really has no interest in Bond, and that is a novelty in this film. Mm. Um, so, she's got this case, which is obviously a gun case, but she maintains as an ice skate case, yes. <laughs> sitting on, like, the dashboard, and then uh, it, it says, like, TM on it, it's like a monogram, and she's like, I'm Tilly something something that doesn't start with M, and Bond just, like, very obviously glances at the monograms and is like, Nice to meet you. <laughs> like, he's like, he knows she's lying at this point. And he, like, makes some, like, slime remarks about, like, oh, where do you go ice skating? Oh, didn't know that was frozen at this time of year, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Like, he obviously knows she's lying. But he still just drops her off at the petrol station and leaves. Like, he now believes that this woman is, like, probably got a gun. Probably, maybe she's the one who shot him. Definitely lying about her name. And he's just like, well, goodbye. <laughs> he heads off to find Goldfinger and Oddjob. And he basically spends, like, all day watching them. I guess they're at some, like, facility now. As he gets closer, we see Auric talking to this random dude about how his car is, like, made of 18-karat gold, and they sort of, like, sm like basically implying that the smuggling operation has something to do with, like, them uh, smelting gold into something else, and then, like, driving across the border. One thing I have to give... Uh, I have to give an MVP to uh, Guy Hamilton here, because, like, the actor playing Auric Goldfinger is not even, like, half trying to speak the dialogue. This is essentially yeah. a voiceover where, like, the character it's is sort of, like, yeah. indicating that he's speaking, but, like, nothing syncs up. And it's just kind of like, yeah. wh why? That is like, one of my goofs, yeah. He's uh, not even moving his lips in this yeah, scene. It's, 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 it's completely stupid. Um, he mentions Operation Grand Slam offhand. This will become important later. We mm -hmm. don't know what that is yet. Basically, Bond's hanging out, yeah, watching all this from a distance, and then Tilly Masterson shows up again and tries to kill Goldfinger, and she's doing a bad job... 
Uh, Bond finds her because she's like got her gun, and he's like, "Hey, what the fuck? I thought you were trying to shoot me." And she's like, "No, I'm trying to kill Goldfinger because yeah. he killed my sister. Leave me alone." And the delivery that this actress gives on this series of lines yes. is so bad, dude. He's like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "I'm Tilly. What are you doing? I'm trying to kill Goldfinger because he killed my sister. Let me yeah. go." And it's like literally that. Like that is the the extent of it. One uh, one thing worth Bond- noting here as well is that in the lead up to this, Bond is like sneaking and sees her like walk past and then like tackles her. But as he tackles her, like he like causes her gun like to lift up and snag one of like the sensor wires. So basically, it's Bond's fault that they've been like discovered yep. here yep. Uh, again. Once basically, again, just Bond fucking up. up. Just because of that thing that we just talked about, I'd love to play Where Are They Now with Tilly Masterson. Hell because yeah, Because importantly, dude. we learn Tilly Masterson is, of course, Jill Masterson's sister, the woman who got turned into gold before. <laughs> this is her sister, and she's trying to get revenge on Goldfinger. How she found out about all this Goldfinger stuff doesn't matter, because Bond's here now, and, it, and that's what does matter. And she is played by Tania Mallet. Let's have a little look at her filmography, shall we? Oh boy, I really hope she has a different filmography on IMDb, because Jack and if you go to the Wikipedia article for Tanya Mallet, her filmography says Goldfinger, 1964. Oh no. End of discussion. Um, yeah, yeah. Ooh boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, you know. To be fair, she's not just... very good, is the thing. I mean, like, yeah. I don't like to shit on actors, but she's not very good. Not that it really matters at this point, <laughs> because no. Bond has had the entire facility descend upon them. He turns to her and is like, don't worry, I'll take care of this random guard, and then crushes this guy's skull into another car. They they get yep. into his uh, Aston Martin, they're driving away, and there's cars chasing him and firing. There's a car chase. He hits the smoke screen, taking out one car, then he hits the oil slick, uh, causing another car to like drive off the edge of the road, and then detonate before it actually hits anything, which is like a really it's strange... Load, dude. These cars have such low durability. <laughs> the idea that this car is going to drive off the road and just explode instantly is insane. Pulls up the like bulletproof screen as they come to the edge of this cliff. They get out of the car. Bond's like firing, and he's like, "Tulu, like when I give the when I give the call, like you run for that bracken." And so she's like sort of waiting there. He's firing off shots. He gives the call. Oddjob gets out of the car. She's running, and Oddjob just like fucking like headshots her one go, and she's just dead. Nails her with the hat, dude. She's just, just fucking. fucking Nails her with the hat. But, okay, how's this for silly? We saw this hat cut the head off a marble statue. It does no visible damage to Tilly's body. She's just dead. She's just dead. We never see her again. And there's no fucking gore at all. Yeah, it doesn't decapitate her at all. Like, what the fuck? It cut that off a statue. Bond, of course, is really sad about this woman he just met and doesn't know. So he runs over to the corpse of Tilly to be like, oh no, Tilly. And then he gets captured as a result of that. Yeah, now this is this is crazy. So they capture Bond, and they're like, <sighs> now get in your weird spy car. You can drive, we'll just keep someone trained with the gun on you in there. So yep. they're letting Bond drive in, they drive past yep. this random old lady who opens the gate for them. Uh, yep, yep. And then what the Bond- fuck was that? Why is this oh, woman there with so the gate? Strange. But Bond's just kind of like, well, fuck this, and then uses the ejector seat that Q had installed in the car to get rid of this yep. dude, and then just starts, like, speeding around trying to escape. I give that ejecting an A-plus rating, and then I give the subsequent escape an absolute oh, F. dude, just, so like, bad. This, this is, like, at this point, yeah, I, I was thinking, like, man, why is Bond so bad in this movie? Like, why is he so shit at everything he tries to do? Because he's now, you know, like, driving around in his car, he ejects the guy away, very cool, he, like, 
drives over to the gate. Fucking Granny's there with a machine gun. He's like, oh no. Turns back around and just crashes his car into like a random part of a building. He's driving through and then like pulls out the machine guns because he sees his car coming towards him. And he's like firing his machine guns at this car. Doesn't even stop his car. Just like swerves into a fucking wall. Like taking himself out. And it turns out that he was firing at a fucking mirror. And it's like, dude... What the actual fuck? You're meant to be a double O agent. He's awful in this movie. So he crashes his car. He's like unconscious. Odd job comes over and like opens the car door and Bond flops out of the car in the most ineffectual way. Yeah. And yeah, now he's been caught. Now, Benjamin, I'd like to run through the taglines for this film with you. Please, please do, Jackson. I'm going to assume that he loves only gold is one of them. <laughs> now, Benjamin, I know you love playing these games. Because we're playing with like the, sa- like the same sort of film, rather than like going through and like comparing the different movies I think we should actually analyze the individual taglines of the movie and like have a conversation about them because um you should know that there are nine taglines in fact uh for this one um and some of them we may have actually gone through before the first one in particular so the the first tagline being Miss Honey and Miss Galore have James Bond back for more as you'll okay. remember from I have that the same problems one. I had with this last time. Honey, whatever the fuck, is not in this movie. Yes. Pussy Galore is not in Doctor No. And also, Th- Miss Galore meets James Bond in this movie. So, yes. they're not really having him back. It's not like it's a sequel to that. It's sort of like, one time, they met him. And this is one of the times. Like, there's just, <laughs> there's just no reason for this. This is like- the one time. This yeah. is the one time that Pussy Galore met him. We have the 1972 re- reissue, Spend a Night with James Bond, which I have okay. to say is like terrible advice off the basis of yeah, this film. Yeah, exactly. Based on the way he's been treating his sexual partners throughout this movie, and also what's happened to all of them, yes, I think thus, you could argue that far, that is a bad idea. Thus far, every woman he's had like more than like a minute conversation with, bar Moneypenny, has ended up dead directly in front of him. I would I would still I would say avoid James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Don't spend a night with James Bond is what I would say. Um we get a couple of other more generic ones here. James Bond 007 back in action. That was the uh Yay. British the British poster style B. But of course there's style <laughs> A which is Ooh, it better the- be more stylish. Yeah, well, uh, style style B uh, has it uh, using capitals and non-capitals. Style A, all caps. I guess capitals are more stylish, like in a in a world where, yeah, I could see it. Now we then uh, roll straight into everything he touches turns to excitement, which is a <laughs> interesting vibe. Um, oh no, that is great. I I like that one actually. And- that is an amazing tagline. And then we have the double barrel, of course, which is James Bond is back in action. Everything he touches turns to excitement because I guess they couldn't decide. Okay. Um, yeah, which sure. is, like, pretty fun. And then the final two. This one... <laughs> mixing business and girls. Mixing thrills and girls. Mixing danger and girls. <laughs> Dude, we should have played the tagline game because there is no way I would have believed that was a tagline. That is absurd. Crawling into this final one from the 1964 British Safety Council. 007 oh. is paid to take risks. You are not. 
Okay, is that a tagline or is that like a PSA public safety campaign based on like the popularity of the James Bond film franchise? It's from 1964. It is the British Safety Council poster. I'm not sure in what in what means they actually use yep. that, but I think it was a no. run of posters where they were like, it's a PSA, we're doing it. Like, check it out. Which is just fucking insane. Hey, what's hot these days? James Bond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him on the poster. Get him, get him <laughs> on our safety poster. Like, that is... That's crazy, and it's so vague also. It's not even like, look out for traffic. It's just like, don't take risks. <laughs> sort of like, I guess what like Deadpool 2 is doing like a, like with like fucking everything, how like Deadpool is in Dude, fucking every bit of medium ever. I have often said that um, I felt like Deadpool 2 is kind of a spiritual successor to Goldfinger. Yeah, I've been yeah, saying yeah. that throughout the entire run of the film, and I went and saw Deadpool 2 in cinemas last weekend, and uh, I gotta say, dude, I was getting Goldfinger vibes. Like, yeah, no question, yeah, definitely. Like, straight yeah. throughout. Like, especially in the way he's just awful to women the whole time. Yeah, everything he touches turns to excitement, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's a big a, part of it as well. There's also lots of gold involved in the film. Yeah, that's true, that's true. The, the scenes where Deadpool steals a lot of gold, uh, I thought, were some of, the, some of the better and also weirder ones, because, like, it lost all of its kind of, like, trademark, like, fun, crazy wackiness, and, and just yeah. became a really weird, like... Really well, it's just like a crime caper sort of thing. Like he stopped wearing the suit. It was just Ryan Reynolds. His face wasn't all fucked up. Like it was. Yeah, it was it just sort of a that, different yeah. movie. It's almost as if they like filmed two movies and then stuck them together. Yeah, but Deadpool two brackets movies. That was the. That was the, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> it's Deadpool, comma two movies. <laughs> <laughs> Bond has been caught and we now have this iconic scene where he's strapped to a table and Goldfinger is just straight monologuing at him. He's like, "Ah, oh, Mr. Bond, thank you for joining us." And like, I got to say, dude, this is a pivot. Before Goldfinger is a gold smuggler and now he's a supervillain. Yeah. Like this is this is wild. He literally like has this giant strong laser that he can use to cut through metal. And you've probably seen like if you haven't seen this scene, you've seen you've seen something that yeah, like is yeah, based yeah. on this scene. Like this is one of the most iconic Bond moments. He's strapped to the table, Goldfinger's like, "Haha, I've got you or I want you right now, Mr. Bond. You can't fuck with my plans anymore. I'm going to cut you in half with this big metal laser." And just starts <laughs> this big laser like slowly moving up the table in between Bond's legs. So when it does cut him, it'll cut him dick first. Yeah. And uh basically it's just like, "Well, goodbye, Mr. Bond." And we get one of the most iconic lines which we can't look for we can't look past as a title yes. pitch. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> Actually very good. <laughs> It's also really strange as well that, like, we had, like, the setting up of, like, he likes to paint people gold. You sort of expect him to be like, I'm going to turn you to gold. But, like... This is what I meant by that not coming back. As a weird weird thing, yeah. That being said, big metal-cutting laser, that is a sick gadget. Gadget rating A, no question. That is a fucking cool-as-hell gadget. Uh, But I don't know, like, it was unclear to me what Goldfinger's, like, plan was in this scene. Like, he basically just strapped onto a table and was like, huh... Well, I'm going to cut you up with this laser now. Bye. And he wasn't even like, I want to know what you know. I want to like, blah, blah, blah. he literally was just like, well, goodbye. And the only reason he ends up keeping Bond alive is because Bond bluffs and is basically like, I know about Operation Grand Slam. And Goldfinger's like, you don't know about Operation Grand Slam. And he's like, oh, can you really take that risk? And Goldfinger's like, all right, you fucking piece of shit. You got me. But this scene in the meantime, as he's like walking away, like he's not going to go back and let Bond off is actually very high tension and oh, just 
yeah. full of Sean Connery crotch shots. Because yeah. we're seeing this laser approach his crotch a lot. Man, I think Goldfinger is like at his best here because like it's so interesting yeah. seeing Bond, who's so good in most situations, except for this entire movie. Yeah, well, except yeah, this movie uh, being an outlier. Also because no, like by the, cool by the end of the film, you kind of want James Bond to have be like cut with a laser dick first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why do people keep tranking James Bond? Yeah. What the fuck, Doctor No? He got tranked multiple times. <laughs> like, what is it with this franchise and tranquilizing? Bond wakes up 35,000 35, feet in the air. He wakes up 525,600 minutes in the yeah. air. Yeah. And he's in like a very nice plane. And then the pilot comes out. And she's this lady, this like, okay, want to address like how many women there are for Bond in this film. Like, yes. there are, there, and they're all like, the like same looking, looking all of them look women. exactly yes. the same yes and it's literally like okay i can understand if you had like a couple that were like throwaways and then like the character but like it feels like like we're meant to like we're meant to like transfer bond's relationship from the previous along like for it to have any weight totally because like totally. when tilly dies it's like why do we care? We just met this woman. She means nothing to Bond. She didn't even yes. like Bond. Like, we, we don't care about this. And then, like, pussy galore comes along. Ugh. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and so, basically, like, the pilot comes out and uh, Bond sort of, like, wakes up and is like, like, where am I? Who are you? And she's like, I'm pussy galore. And he's like, I must be dreaming. Um, and this Ugh. is, like, odd, probably like, the most iconic Bond girl name in the yeah. franchise. Yeah, I would say so. We get this sort of weird conversation where Bond is just like trying to charm her. Uh, there's a I also want to point out, as soon as she says her name is Pussy Galore, the little smirk on Bond's oh face God, is so, much. so disgusting. Yeah. Like, it, it's. Ugh. Blech. Um, yeah. Bond orders a, a drink from like some of the cabin crew and asks for a martini. Shaken, not stirred. We did it, Benjamin. We got to the title of the um, but basically throughout this scene, Bond is just like the biggest oxygen thief being like, mm, yes, <laughs> like, what, mm, uh, what do you think about sex? And, and she's just kind of like, dude, it's not working. Please fuck off. I'm a, like, she's like, yep. says, forget the charm. I'm immune. Like, I don't give a shit. Yep. Please leave me yep. alone. And he's like, ah, uh, well, uh, uh, we'll see and, about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's literally like, this is what happens when you take a dude like Bond and just don't put up with his shit. He just yeah. becomes unraveled. <laughs> He's unspooled. <laughs> he really unspooled, for sure, dude. He's like, oh, excuse me, miss. I'd like to get changed into some appropriate garb for the meeting. Because I guess they're flying somewhere where he's going to meet, what, Goldfinger? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess this is Goldfinger's plane. Because he explains that he's now uh, Goldfinger's guest and is at his hospitality, right. essentially. So Bond decides to get changed. He goes into the plane bathroom to put on his suit suit and he's being spied on in the change room and this scene was kind of fun it's like the because they so need to keep an dumb, eye on him to make sure though. he's not like getting his gadgets out yeah but yeah. he's like you know he's, he's he's changing and like he's finding all these little like cameras and peepholes in the yeah. room and like he like puts up his suitcase to cover one of them he like hangs his hat on another so that like he can like you know without making it look like he's onto them now but this is the silly thing he goes about like without making it look like he's onto them for sure for a while and then, at a certain point, he just gives up on that and just sprays shaving foam all over one of the yes. like, little peepholes, which yes. really defeats the purpose. Um, that being said, this is like some spy counter spy stuff, which was one of our points of remakeability. So Very that's true. Cool. I'm glad that they're doing that. He sets off the tracker in his shoe so that I guess like Felix will know where he is. Pussy comes out with the gun and she's like, 
I'm going to shoot you with this gun unless you do what you're supposed to. And he's like, well, actually, if you shot me, that bullet would go right through me and cause explosive decompression in the plane. And it's just like, ugh, come on, buddy. So basically we find out that Bond is heading to Kentucky. And we get this through a conversation between M and the CIA, uh, talking to Felix, being like, huh, Bond was in Geneva. Uh, now he's in Ken- like, Bond was in Geneva. Now he's in Kentucky. What do you think is happening? And then they're both just like, well, you know, Bond. Man, it was very fun to watch you like climb out of that Sean Connery voice. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. The course of that sentence. Yeah. Like, you started it. No, I've been doing it the whole film. It's just like, it's it's addictive. It's, it's like, so you start addictive. Line and you're like, you're like, this isn't a Sean Connery line. And you just like slowly transition back into listen, your regular listen. voice. Tr- trust, the pro- trust the process, dude. I don't think I quite got to go back to my regular voice either. I still think there was a bit of Sean. Yeah. Um, but but basically, just kind of like, oh, Bond is like on the other side of the world to where we thought he'd be. Ah, but I'm sure he's fine. Like, you know. Yeah, he's probably not doing anything. He hasn't reported in or anything. Yeah. He's probably fine. He's also activated his homing device for the first time as he's been moving from Geneva to Kentucky. But they're like, "Mm, don't go spoil his party. You know what he's like. And it's like, what is this? For me. For me, this whole Felix Leiter thing, yeah, is like, is so silly. Like, it's just like, it, 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 it's like, yeah, there is not a world in which you're not immediately like, oh, he needs help. He's moved, like, well out of where he was supposed to be. He hasn't reported into anyone. He hasn't made any contact, except for turning on his homing device for the first time. He clearly needs help. But they're so laissez-faire about it. They're like, oh, if he needs help, he'll call us. But it's literally like, that's what he's doing, you fucking idiots. Yeah. Like, it, it is it is unimaginable. Like, I can understand, like, just, why include it? You don't have to include all this stuff where, like, Felix and the CIA are, like, trying to get... Like, you could have just not included the whole homing device thing. <laughs> Pussy lands the plane, and we quickly see a bunch of other planes that are part of Pussy Galore's Flying Circus, which is yes. an amazing title pitch. So Pussy Galore's good. Flying Circus. Very, very, very good. Uh, Pussy gets out of the plane, walks over to this other chick, and is like, I'll see you surprisingly soon. Now, how does that work? Surely, like, <laughs> acknowledging that it's going to be surprising, be soon, contradicts it being a surprise yeah, but yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> what would then qualify as surprisingly soon after saying <laughs> something like that he gets picked up by odd job and pussy goes over and talks to the flying circus girls about their final mission she's like yes the final mission will begin soon mm-hmm yes indeed and yeah, also goodbye odd job drives bond over to fucking goldfinger's private kentucky ranch which man this is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, this, this whole, like, ranch life thing with all the horses. And, like, Bond gets out of the car and Goldfinger's there with one of his, like, prized stallions. And he's like, what do you think of my horse, Mr. Bond? And Bond's like, oh, it's clearly better bread than his owner. Yeah, we definitely need more of that in this movie. I feel like they've become cowards on it again. Like, we talked about how in Doctor No they were not afraid to drop the chunky bass. Yes. But, like... In, in this movie, not so much a chunky bass. Yeah, Goldfinger basically is just like, "Ah, oh, you piece of shit! You got me again! You fucking got me again, Bond! You got me again!" And uh, <laughs> sends him off to his cell. And yeah, then Bond's sitting in his cell, and we learn that Felix, yeah, as we already touched on, isn't that worried about it? He's yeah. like, "Yeah, Bond's okay. Yeah, He's probably right. fine." We have all these business mobster boys who yeah. are, as far as I can tell, competing for who can say the silliest. Oh shit. my god! Yes, like, there's this scene where like Oryx's about to give this like sort of like presentation essentially where you have yep. like 30 like mob guys and they're like ah 
It looked like an it's an east and west meetup sort of thing. I thought I gave you a shit. I don't do business with Chicago. Yeah, like just fucking. You owe me ridiculous. money, Goldfinger. Hey, I want my million dollars. Hey, hey, what's all this? Hey, what are you doing? Hey, I'm a business boy. Like you're Goldfinger, wasting all my time. Ah. Yeah, Goldfinger just like fucking ignores them and then presses a switch to like uh, essentially move his pool table into like like flip the oh. table over and one of them's like, the man, what? Chatter, yeah, man. what's of this trick pool table? Hey, what? Well, cover those doors. Turn those lights back on. Like. Like, yeah. All the, the background chatter in this scene is so good from these business boys. My favorite one as these tables are moving around and like assembling into like uh, models of like Fort Knox and that sort of thing is one guy that just yells out, Hey, what is this? A merry go round? And I just like. Yeah, I also had that as well. That. Title yeah. pitch, dude. What yeah, is yeah. this? A merry go round? Yeah, very, very good. Uh, this entire room that reconfigures itself. Gadget rating B minus. Yeah, not 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 bad, dude. Pretty slick. Yeah, not that impressive. I also got to say, I guess we should just explain what's going on. It's like we haven't really. Yes. Um, they're all basically like, hey, I brought you something. You owe me a million dollars. Like he's, as it turns out, he's he's promised all these different mobsters a million dollars to smuggle them something. And he's like, how about if instead I gave you ten million dollars tomorrow? <laughs> and they're all like, we're listening, Goldfinger. Get on with it. And he starts telling his plan. And basically, he, he launches into this monologue, man, where he has some amazing lines. He's like, man has done some amazing things in every field of human endeavor, except <laughs> crime. <laughs> So, like, his motivation for carrying out this... I love this as a villain. His motivation for carrying out this crime is to do a big crime. Yeah. Like, yep, 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 yep. It's not for, like, the monetary thing, although he has, like, monetary motivations. He just wants to do a big crime because <laughs> no one has done a big crime before. <laughs> that's basically what he's saying. <laughs> basically, he's planning to rob Fort Knox because that's where the US keeps all of its gold and mm-hmm. then he'll have all the gold and he'll be able to pay all these mob boys a lot more money. Now we're back at Bond. He's in his uh, cell, and he has the silliest escape plan from the cell. He fucking, like, like, charms his captor with some mimed comedy. Like, it's, like, Yeah, he literally does some mime comedy. He he walks over to the the little bars, he winks at the captor to be like, ha-ha, and then he just, like, does, like, a, like, slides down, like, the door, like, out of sight. And then the the guard, like, is like, hey, wait, where'd he go? Like, he's waiting for it to resurface, walks up, like, looks at the floor through the bars, can't see Bond, opens the cell because he thinks Bond just escaped somehow. Bond is on the fucking ceiling, like, Spider-Manning it. That was such a dumb ploy, and the fact that it worked is even dumber. Bond drops on the guard, LVP to this guard. Like, that was so fucking stupid. And, yeah, I don't know, stunt-style rating B+. I mean, there's, there's something particularly nice about Bond, like, using every weapon in his arsenal, including, like, the three years he took of impro classes in college. And also the two years of mime. Yes, yes, of course, of course. But yeah, Bond rolls through and is able to, like, sort of, like, position himself under the model Fort oh Knox God, to listen Why does in... the model work like that? Oh, he gets, yeah, like, know. underneath the, the boardroom and, like, puts his head up, yeah, like, inside Fort Knox and can see out the windows. Like, why would it be built that way? Why is it all <laughs> underneath and why is it just there? Surely, I... also, surely the underside of the model needs to contain the top side of the table that yeah. rotated to yeah. bring the model up. Yeah. You're not wrong, How Benjamin. does that make You're any sense? 
Um, but we also get some great some great discussion because while this is all going on, Goldfinger's explaining his whole plan. He's trying to convince them all that it's a good idea and they're all reluctant. And one of them's like, eh, cut the commercial, Goldfinger. Stop wasting my time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, dude. I gave an LVP to everyone in this crowd scene except the dude at the very start that was on the rocking horse just fucking going for it. There's this guy, as we oh, cut dude. to this scene, who's on this fucking like novelty rocking horse being like, yeah! As everyone else in the room is being like, what's Chicago doing here? What's Alabama doing here? And, like, this guy's just kind of, like, just going for it on this rocking horse. He's very good. <laughs> yeah, okay. I actually quite like these boys. Uh, Goldfinger explains his whole plan while Bond takes notes. Pussy's gonna spray nerve agent that's gonna knock everyone out. They'll blow up an electric fence, which doesn't seem like the best yeah. way to get past an electric fence. Then drive in a bunch of heavy-duty equipment in order to break into Fort Knox and steal some gold. So there you go. Uh, Bond gets caught by pussy and she like judo throws him across the room and he's like who taught you judo and she says like the, the follow-up line to this is in response like is not responding to that question but it's very funny he's like who taught you judo and she's like the gun you took <laughs> Which is like, <laughs> that's not an appropriate yeah. answer the, ulti- the ultimate like, betrayal yeah the ultimate Judo master, the gun you stole from me when I judo threw you. Bond has to give back the gun that he took off her when she judo threw him. And Goldfinger decides to double cross these mobsters, which to me is like literally what was the point in this whole scene? Yeah. He walks out of the room where he's been trying to convince them to go along with his plan. And then gasses them all, so they die. And they're all dying like, eh, the gas, what's going on? Where? Why is there someone now? No! Like, what? Oh god, it must be that nerve agent! The nerve agent! Oh, the Delta 9 nerve gas! Yeah, like, what was the point? What was the point in telling them all about your plan just to kill them? We get uh, Bond accompanied by um, uh, Pussy Galore as Goldfinger has taken out Mr. Solo, the one the one mobster that was like, ah, fuck this, I'm going to take my million dollars and leave. Bond has written a note, which is essentially just sort of like details to the CIA, everything that's going to happen tomorrow, the whole plan. He's wrapped it in his personal homing device. He slips it into Solo's pocket. Solo gets into Oddjob's car, and then uh, Oddjob drives away. I don't- I don't know why Oddjob proceeds to drive Solo around for a really long time just to kill him on a random side yeah. street, but that is basically what he does. Like he drives him around, and like the U.S. boys, like Felix and his buddy, because Felix has an offsider in this film, uh, are just like driving around following Oddjob and 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 Mr. Solo because of the homing device. And then at at some point, Oddjob just pulls over and shoots Mr. Solo in a, in a seemingly random location. And then drives the car into, like, a construction yard. And in a very Pulp Fiction slash Breaking Bad style, they crush the car into a tiny cube. Felix is like, oh, the homing device stopped. Maybe he switched it off. Huh. And then they just, like, fucking, like, head on home. And it's like, you guys suck. Yeah. LVP to MI6 and CIA. Like, they yeah. fucking Specifically suck Specifically CIA. Movie. Yeah. But then they do go back to the ranch. Like, they do drive back over to the ranch where they, they're pretty sure Bond is. And they're, like, watching him through binoculars. And this scene is so silly. Goldfinger realizes they're there. And he's like, oh, let's put on a show for them so they think Bond is okay. Uh, why don't you go get into something more comfortable? He says to Pussy Galore. And she's like, great. And so then she does that. And then they bring Bond over and, like, sit him down at the table. Bond doesn't know Lyda and his friend are over there watching. Goldfinger does. So they're basically, like, trying to make it look like Bond's having a great time and he's there at his own free will so that they'll just leave them alone. And, like, he's like, would you like a drink? And, like, he drinks a mint julep. He sits down while Goldfinger explains his plan. And Bond is like, dude, 
you're playing silly. Like, you can't just take all the gold. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to carry it all out of there. Like, not to mention Delta 9 Nerve Gas will actually kill people. But anyway, uh, like, it's going to take you, like, days to load up all that gold. And Goldfinger's like, that's right, dickhead. I'm not going to load up all the gold. I'm going <laughs> to nuke it. The Chinese yes. gave me a nuke, and I'm going to nuke all of the US's gold yeah. so that... They can't use it for, like, 80 years. And also, like, like specifically, it's like a dirty bomb sort of thing. Auric has gotten, like, the dirtiest nuke he can get so that it just turns all this gold radioactive and then allowing his... Because he's got, like, 20 million in uh, gold bullion, like, just driving up the price of his money, making him rich, and then, like, destabilizing the US economy as well. That's actually a pretty good plan, and Bond is basically like... Alright, dude, that's actually a good plan. And at this point, I wanted to note, dude, a villain with some style and panache, dude, sitting on his private ranch, drinking mint juleps, delivering monologues about how he holds the world's economy in his hand. Like, Goldfinger is a good villain, man. And that is highly remakeable. Felix is watching as Pussy Galore takes a walk with uh, Bond. And so Felix is literally kind of like, huh, that's my James. And just like completely ignores what's going on. They see, yeah. They see him walking off with a woman, and they're like, he's going to have sex. Great. (laughs) Imagine, we thought he was in trouble, but he's really just getting laid. Classic Bond. Imagine if this was a plot point in, like, a modern movie. Like, not not the specifics of it, but the idea that, like, the spy is captured, he manages to get his location to, like, his friend spies, and they just think he's okay. Like, they don't bother, like, helping him, because they're like, no, he's probably fine. Like, Like, what a strange plot point to include like why even have this part of the film bond takes pussy into a barn and they do Uh, some weird like judo foreplay basically where they're like judo tossing each other around being like no i'm good at judo i'm good at judo and then they smooch and i guess we're meant to assume they have sex it's worth noting here and like not to get too blue but like pussy is like actively fighting Bond off and then the music underneath is like this romantic music as she like eventually gives in and like kisses him and then it's just kind of like oh I'm actually into this and it's just like so bad does not track now at all and is like probably the grossest thing that happens in the film almost definitely the grossest thing that happens in the film it's just this like very like dated notion of like oh boys you gotta keep at it she's gonna she's gonna try and you know make it look like she doesn't wanna but she definitely does and yeesh yeah yeesh yikes 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 Commence Rockabye Baby is the next yeah. line that we hear in the film because now a plane is flying around and I guess the plan is starting and Pussy and her flying surface ladies are spraying gas all over the 40,000 troops that are manning Fort Knox. Bond has earlier said that this gas is fatal so I guess all these men are just dying and we proceed yeah. to get like a five, five, ten minute little section where we're just watching all these different dudes fall over dead after being sprayed by a blanket of this Delta 9 nerve gas. Also, like, surely there would be an alarm. If they have fucking, like, homing signals for cars, they'd have radar for planes flying in on Fort Knox. But apparently that's just a part of the plan that Auric just doesn't give a shit about. So, yeah, they managed to, like, I don't know, I guess either put to sleep or kill. It's not clear at this point. Literally everyone in Fort Knox, because Pussy says, okay, the baby is asleep, and the next part of the plan begins. Goldfinger rolls in in his trucks, Past all these dead men, dude. Yeah. Like, it's so fucked up. Including Felix. Yeah, including we see Felix dead, like, in a little truck on the side. To which I was like, how did he know to be at Fort Knox? What's happening? He knows nothing from Bond. They get to this electric fence, they 
blow it up. I like. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that, that still seems like a, a strange way to be like, oh, what's the what's the obstacle to our plan? Electric fence. We'll just blow it up. That seems like a weird thing, but you know, I guess when all you have is a hammer. Um, yeah. <laughs> so fucking, they eventually show up at the world of Fort Knox and they pull out the giant fucking laser, dude. Wacky villain plans across the board. Highly, highly remakeable. So remakeable, dude. They laser their way in, and then they bust on in, they open the codes for the vault, and then they start setting up this, like, dirty bomb, getting the fuses set and uh, everything, and then they fucking cuff Bond to the bomb. To the bomb. Yeah, exactly. But before this happens, or whilst this is happening, it's intercut with Felix Leiter and his boys waking up. They were only pretending to be dead or asleep. I guess they've been tipped off to the plan somehow. We'll find out specifically how later, because now the cavalry arrives. Now, Benjamin, before we go any further, though, real quick, like the army comes in and starts like attacking uh, Oryx's men, and it's all going wrong. The really fucked up thing here is that, does this mean that Felix found out about it somehow and then essentially conducted a small drum performance where he got 40,000 armed and trained soldiers to, like, drop down in sync and pretend to die? Like, is that, like, a key facet of this plan is him being like, oh, cool, the gas is going to go over and just, like, do your best, like, death performance, essentially, as you drop to the floor? Because that seems like yeah, it's really key to Felix's like- plan. Like, by the time that they've got, like, Pussy Galore on side, like, so spoiler, spoiler, like, now that Pussy's having sex with James Bond, she's on side, and they're like, they didn't spray them with the gas. Like, why not just not do that bit? Yeah. And then be like, hey, Goldfinger, good luck breaking in here with our 40,000 troop army manning the fucking gates. Or just like, fucking hide the troops this- and be like, the baby's asleep. Cool. Don't even hide the troops. Just yeah. be like... That part of the plan didn't happen. Come on in, Goldfinger. Like, we've got 40,000 soldiers here. Like, wh- why is Felix's plan? Like, okay, yeah, we'll pretend everyone's dead or asleep. Then you can roll in and start doing most of your plan. Get the nuke all the way into the vault. Then we'll come in and stop you. Rather than just stopping him before it even starts. It's fucking bizarre, dude. The bomb's already in place. Felix rolls into the army. Yeah, there's a big shootout happening. Goldfinger puts on what looked to me like an SS uniform, but I guess it's meant to be an American army uniform. It's US he's pretending army, yeah. to be, yeah, he's pretending to be like a US army general, and he like starts shooting some of his own men, and he's like with the like the US, he's like ah, they're this way, and just like pretending he's one of them. Like none of them stop to question whether he is one of them. They're just like okay, yeah. Like, he just like spins around like and like uh like guns down the soldiers he tricked. And then just like yeah, get like hightails it out of there after locking the bomb inside the vault. So Bond, Odd Job, yeah. and one of uh, Goldfinger's like lieutenants are locked inside the vault with this active radioactive yeah, bomb. Yeah, that's right. The lieutenant realizes he's trapped, yeah. and Odd Job is just keen to go down with a ship. This dude's yeah. kind of like, yeah, like, well, I'm gonna die here. Fuck yeah. The lieutenant tries to run away after seeing himself trapped, but Odd Job just ices him like just fucking straight like no we must die for Goldfinger he kills the guy by like throwing him off the stairs that leads the vault door down into like the basement of the vault where Bond is uh, hanging outside this Bond Bond sees an opportunity heads over to the body and starts like getting I don't know keys or keys something out. Like, yeah something yeah. 
yeah, off the body. So he's got like, you know, something other than just being handcuffed to this bomb. Aljub sees him doing this and like is running down the stairs. And we get this very goofy scene oh. where like, why doesn't he just throw the hat? Like we've seen he's fucking lethal with the hat. He <coughs> he waits until he's so close to Bond to give him so much of an opportunity to get away before he bothers throwing the hat. And then when he does throw the hat, he misses so badly, yeah, which is so right. uncharacteristic of him up to this point. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Bond manages to get himself off the Bond and now he's 1v1ing Oddjob without his hat. And you're like, oh yeah, Oddjob, you don't have a hat, you're fucked. Turns out Oddjob's a fucking tank takes no pain whatsoever one of these big heavy gold bars hurls it at Oddjob and it just literally bounces off his chest and Oddjob like doesn't even fucking flinch uh, they proceed to grapple and fight, and of course Bond is getting his ass kicked because, like, I don't know. I guess in every Bond movie there has to be a scene where there's someone who's way, way, like, unrealistically physically stronger than Bond that he has to like get his ass kicked by for a little bit until yeah. he can eventually find like an inventive way to kill them, which is essentially <laughs> what happens here. Bond gets the upper hand on Oddjob, where he grabs the hat and is like sort of like menacing Oddjob with this hat, like uh, circling him. And Oddjob aware, like, I'm gonna of- get you, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna get you. Oddjob is like aware of how dangerous his hat is. And so it's like for the first time, like, oh shit, don't fuck me up with my hat. Bond throws it, it sticks to the fucking metal bars. Odd job, like, kind of yeah, like, laughs like it off. It's wedged in between two bars because of its, like, razor sharp rim. Like, it cuts through them. Which, yeah, odd again, job, odd... shows how lethal this hat is I know. that did absolutely nothing to the body of Tilly. But anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Oddjob turns to grab his hat to get the upper hand. Yep. Bond runs oh, down, yeah. grabs this like spare electrical wire, and just electrifies yep. the bars, killing Oddjob. Yep. Second ele- electrocution kill of the film. Bond is racking them up. Oh yeah, that's true. Oh my god, this movie's all about electrocuting yeah. villains. It's his specialty. Oh, that's very funny. The door to the vault is being opened now. One of the like henchmen gets trapped behind the door and like gets squished between the door and the wall, which is kind of funny. The military are rolling in. Bond's trying to defuse the bomb because the seconds are ticking away. And like, to be fair, Bond like he does not defuse this bomb. Like he no. fucks it up. Like he can't figure it out. A and random this guy, other guy come- walks in. At the last minute, and flicks it off, and yeah. Bond gets the cred for it. Dude, Bond would have fucked the whole thing up. Like he would have detonated the bomb. Bond was literally seven seconds away from death. LVP, like, dude. He, LVP. Like he fucked yeah, it absolutely. so bad. He failed to disarm the bomb. Literally, like, and also, like, what is the, like, how do you write a movie that features that? Like, yeah. uh, is is the point that the audience is meant to be so on side with Bond at this point that we don't care that he actually critically fails the mission? Or is it meant to be, like... Or is it meant to actually be that Bond is bad? Because he's terrible in this movie. Yeah, he sucks. That being said, have to give a high style rating to the dude who actually disarmed the bomb, disarming it exactly on 007, hitting that, like, movie fucking branding opportunity. Hitting branding opportunities, that is style rating S+, my friend. Dude, he also fucking walked to the bomb. He didn't run. Yeah, That yeah. dude, he was the, the one dude hell, that yeah. knew what he was doing, like, slowly walked down the stairs, casually walked over, flicks a switch, and then walks out. I didn't have it, but MVP to that guy. Yeah, dude, for sure. Bond is getting all the credit and plaudits, like, the president wants to have dinner with him, and it's, it's like, a super big thing. Bond gets into a plane where he's the, uh, they, they put liquor on for three, but he's the only guest. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but don't worry because Goldfinger comes out still wearing his random soldier gear that I guess he managed yeah, to get through onto the plane. Um, fucking yep. like fires a gun inside like as they're flying. Dude, like, we- 
we gotta we gotta acknowledge like Bond gets into this like huge like goofy looking wrestle with Goldfinger. Yeah. Who like he's basically like the foreshadowing of a four like shooting in a plane and causing explosive decompression does occur, and Goldfinger gets fucking Augustus glooped right oh, out dude. the goddamn fuselage, dude. So he bad. like gets like stuck in the hole, and he's like, <laughs> and then he gets sucked out the hole for some reason. This explosive decompression makes the fucking plane crash, which is yeah. not a thing, by the way. Like, the plane would still work just fine. But Bond and Pussy together eject out of the plane just before it explodes on contact with the ocean. We then cut to a scene of, like, them searching for Bond. Uh, <sighs> Pussy, like, waving at the plane. And Bond being like, no, what are you doing? Now is not the time to get rescued. Grabs her down. Literally. Throws, throws the fucking, like, parachute over them. They bone and... Ba-da-ba, <laughs> Yeah. But dude, like, the end of this movie is the same as Dr. No. Like, he yeah. finishes, he gets away with the girl, he's being rescued, this time from a desert island, in the last one from a fucking, like, like random boat in the middle of the ocean, but he's like, mm, no, nah, forget about rescuing us, one more smash first. Like, oh, what an absolute lunatic, dude. Like, they might die. Like, dude, if the planes, yeah. like, spend, like, you know a little while looking in that area, and they're like, mm, yeah, I guess they're not here, move on to another area, they're then just stuck there. Oh. What a despicable human being, dude. <laughs> what an absolute tool. Thank you, as always, for listening to Still Interested, Shaken, Not Stirred. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. It's been very fun for us, despite the despicable nature of many things in this film. <laughs> if you've enjoyed it, and you want to hear us talk about some other movies that are less despicable, uh, or even some more James Bond movies, who knows? L- lots of different things. You can go check us out on Twitter at SICurioShow, or me at McAllister. We are also on at Curio Network, and also at Jackson underscore Usud is my personal handle. We've been getting some really terrific reviews Reviews uh, for all our shows at Curio uh, lately, um, and it's genuinely so nice to sort of like get that sort of feedback. So thank yeah. you for like everyone that's sort of given a review. If you enjoy the show and you're like feeling into it and you haven't done it yet, then like it's a really great way of actually helping us in terms of getting more people to listen to the podcast and so on. So maybe consider throwing us a review if you yeah, like the show. It's, it's absurdly helpful. And if you know anyone who you think would enjoy hearing this kind of bullshit, please share it with them because, uh, you know, we always like to have new fans and it, it, it helps if you tell people about it. Yeah, that'd be great. Love you lots. Love you a lot. All of you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Jacko, is it time for a a post-movie wrap-up? I am going to run through my MVPs quickly. Um, I don't have that many, I think. Uh, I've got Q, I've got Bond's caddy, who you had. I've got that guy at the end who saved all the gold in the US. Honestly, in terms of what this movie was about, probably that dude at the end. I know he was a a late show, but, like, he was, like, the coolest guy in the film, and, like, he literally saved the world. Should we at least try and find his name to give this guy some honor? Because, like, Christ, like, I, 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 I didn't even have that guy in my notes until, like, we got to that point in the recap, and I was like, man, that guy actually... He's he did the real hero of this movie. An atomic specialist who accompanied... Le- he doesn't even get a name in the plot summary, dude. Who's the actor? Who's the actor? Yeah, well, let's find out. Robert McCloud. Quick, where are they now? Quick, where are they now? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, hang on. Oh, he died in 2004. That's a shame. Um, oh. Robert McCloud was born in 1915 in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. He was an actor known for Goldfinger, 1964, Superman, 1978, and The Omen in 1976. Ooh. Ooh, he's done some shit. All right, all right, all right, Robert McCloud. 
Rob McLeod. Oh, dude, this guy did some shit. Guy was in fucking everything. Fucking good on you, Robert McLeod. MVP to Atomic Specialist Robert McLeod. Now, what about LVP? Yeah, um, I mean, I think a big one for me has to be James Bond, to be honest. Yeah, I also didn't have that, but let's, let's quickly run through them. Yeah, yeah, I've got yeah. the guy who's losing at cards, the problem gambler. I've yes. got the fucking maid in the hotel who just lets him into Goldfinger's room. Mm-hmm. And I've got the guard who lets Bond escape. And I've got Felix Leiter. I also had LVP to Guy Hamilton, the director, for that terrible Auric Goldfinger scene. Um, I, I also threw out an LVP to like the mobsters, but I understand that you, you did not. Your campaign for James Bond as LVP is actually quite compelling. Because he is, he is truly awful throughout this movie. Like, I didn't... I didn't even realize, like, I realized he was an awful person, and I realized he'd fucked up a lot of things. I didn't realize exactly how much he fucked everything up in this film until doing the recap. Yeah, for sure, dude. Like, like the degree to which he not only is, like, a terrible human being, but actively bad at his job is just, like, the worst. I think it's got to be Bond for LVP, no question. I think this might be the first time we've ever given the title character of a film the LVP yeah. in that franchise. Honestly, dude, not to predict anything, but I do wonder if Bond might get it again in this sub-podcast. I think when we finish, we should give, like, a series wrap MVP and LVP. Yeah. yeah. Sean Connery never travelled to the United States to film this movie. Every scene in which he appears to be in the US was filmed at Pinewood Studios outside London. This explains why Bond flips a light switch down to discover the golden corpse of Jill, as British lights... No, sorry. As British hey, light switches are generally no. turned on by flicking them down instead of up. No. No, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Sorry, no. <laughs> That is fucking wild. Light switches work both ways. That's not... No. Sorry. No. Not reading the rest of that one. That's just silly. That's just dumb. The recreation of the Fort Knox repository at Pinewood Studios was incredibly accurate, considering no one involved in the film had been allowed inside the real location for security reasons. The set looked so real that a 24-hour guard was placed on the Fort Knox set at Pinewood Studios so that pilferers would not steal the gold bar props. What? Wait. What? 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 A letter to the production team from the Fort Knox controller congratulated Ken Adam and his team on the record. What? 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 Sorry. How does that... Okay, whatever. That, does, that doesn't make any sense. The fucking trivia in this movie makes less sense than some of the well actually that Bond does. First appearance of a laser beam in a movie. What? what? In the original script, the scene had a spinning buzzsaw until it was decided that such an image had become commonplace and unoriginal. Dude, that's fucking crazy. Oh my god, dude, this is gross. Pussy Galore introduces herself, introduces herself to Bond, who replies, I must be dreaming. The original script had Bond replying, I know you are, but what's your name? <laughs> who wrote this movie, dude? Oh, that's pretty, that's, that's pretty bad. <laughs> oh boy. Steven Spielberg cites this as his personal favourite of all the Bond movies and even owns an Aston Martin DB5 due to the impact Goldfinger had on him. The Aston Martin DB5 is a hell of a vehicle. I get that. <laughs> this is the only Sean Connery-era Bond film without the villain Ernst Stavro Blofeld or explicit reference to his organisation Spectre. Uh, however, Goldfinger appears to be wearing a gold Spectre ring during the card game in Miami Beach. Additionally, in retroactive continuity, Goldfinger is linked to Spectre. So I guess Goldfinger's part of Spectre. Weird. <laughs> Some of Pussy Galore's all-woman flying circus were played by men wearing blonde wigs. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why would that be <laughs> necessary? They don't actually fly the planes. <laughs> I have to check that scene really quickly. That's fucking crazy. I didn't, <laughs> didn't realise... 
<laughs> okay, this is fucking funny. Because imagining filming this. The scenes of people fainting involved the same group of soldiers, just in different locations. <laughs> so, like, there was a day of shooting for those actors, where it was just like, now fall over, now go over there and fall over. <laughs> oh my god, dude. What a day. <laughs> what a fucking, what a life, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chapel. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks.